Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today's special guest is an entrepreneur who specializes in investor relations advisory services. He has raised capital, expanded several companies, and has employed over 300 people. He has been in the medical field for over 18 years, has been a business owner for over 19, and has been in the cannabis industry for over 10 years. Some people have called him the triple-headed dragon due to his diversity and experience. Over the past 16 years, he has started over 10 companies in both the public and private sector and has successfully sold many of them. His efforts in business operations and human resources won him the prestigious Alfred Sloan Award for Workplace Programs and Flexibility. Now, I'm going to stop myself right there because his accomplishments are endless and I could keep going on and on. Dr. David Kunick, happy to have you here with us today and welcome to the uh, show. Thanks for having me, uh, Mike. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to be here today. So thank you. I appreciate that. So I think a really good place to start because there's, I mean, there's a lot of different things we could talk about, but let's just kick it back to, you know, day one or one of the early days of you being involved in cannabis and kind of what triggered that entire journey to snowball into what it's become today. Very well known as, you know, Dr. David on, <laughs> on LinkedIn, where you and I first connected and kind of where all of this takes place. You know, you know it's, uh, thank you. Uh, it is a long intro and I, when I hear it, I'm like, man, I've done a lot of crap in my life so far, huh? <laughs> uh, so, but no, so literally, um, but to answer your question about how it all began, let me ask you a question first, okay? We all know that in 1996, roughly, California became the first state to get medical cannabis, all right? What state became number two? Do you know? And in what year? Stay with us, audience. We don't want to lose you this early on because he's silent. Okay. So it was the state of Maine. And it was in 1999. Okay. Think about this. California, 1996 medical. But Maine, the state of Maine out here on the East Coast got in 1999. I bring that up because I am a medical professional. I have numerous degrees. I, I treat patients. And when I start, first started to practice uh, as a physical therapist, up in the state of Maine. I started practicing back in the year 2000. So in like 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, here I am up here in the state of Maine treating patients and giving them advice how to not take opiates and other painkillers and to use cannabis instead. Or how patients were proactive all the way back in, in 2000, 2001, telling their doctors, I don't want to take a bunch of pills. I want to use medical marijuana instead. So I started, you know, uh, talking about medical cannabis, the benefits of medical cannabis, the benefits of CBD as a physical therapist all the way back in 2000 in the state of Maine. Then from there, um, I started several physical therapy clinics, personal training centers. I did Pilates studio, did a yoga studio and numerous other companies. But I also started a, uh, an online health and wellness company for people and for their pets. And we gave out information every day on health and wellness. And we were covering the benefits of medical marijuana as well as the benefits of CBD for dogs. This is like back in like 2009, 2010, 2011, took my company public. And then from there, I got involved in cannabis testing labs. So we didn't grow it. We didn't sell it. We tested it. So as a medical guy, I felt very comfortable kind of being in the industry, empowering, educating. Um, and then from there, started several other cannabis companies, uh, technically on paper. I, I've started seven different cannabis companies in five different states. And... Um, that's kind of where we are with the cannabis with the cannabis journey in a nutshell. But yeah, my cannabis uh, uh, journey really started back in the year 2000 when uh, 
in the state of Maine when I was treating patients and they passed medical marijuana. So. Yeah. And kudos to you too, just for having the courage to actually step up to the plate and get started in the industry that early, because a lot of us were not that early of adopters. Um, it, it, it seems like you really kind of like, you know, trailblaze that path. And so with all of that, that you've done, can you kind of take us and, and fast forward up to now with what you're doing with UCS advisors and kind of how that came about as well. Cause I think that's a very interesting um, endeavor that you've kind of set out for. And I think a lot of people would be interested to know a little bit more about that. Sure. Definitely. And, um, and just for all the listeners, um, especially some of the listeners out here in the East coast, if you see me in person, don't be surprised if you're where I networking event and someone comes over and says, Dr. David, can you take a quick look at my elbow or my knee? Uh, Cause that has happened. <laughs> and I've actually ran into former patients at networking events for cannabis. So it, it's really That's interesting. So Cause some people know me as Dr. David, the physical therapist who did all this great medical work. And other people know me as Dr. David, the medical marijuana guy that goes to all the conferences and does public speaking. So, uh, and really quick, the reason why it was called, why people say Dr. David is, people butcher my last name on how to pronounce it. And so when I had a publicist, she's like, that's it. People mispronounce your last name all the time. It's just Dr. David from now on. And it's stuck ever since. That's awesome. Um, but to answer your question about UCS advisors, um, kudos to you, Michael, because I love how you asked a question and you said in today's cannabis industry, not a year ago, five years ago, but like what's mm. UCS advisors role in today's cannabis industry? And no, we actually wear really five roles. The first one is we're an advisor. We help out companies. And that's what we're doing now where people forget a consultant, as per the Oxford Dictionary, is someone who works on a specific problem retroactively. You got a problem with your, web, your, your website, you, know, you, you hire a website designer. You got a problem with legal, right. you hire a lawyer. Okay, While an advisor works on a company's short-term and long-term goals, using a multidisciplinary approach, just like you do in medicine. But here comes the mm -hmm. catch. When you're an advisor, you also have real life experience. So every advisor can technically be a consultant, but not every consultant can really be an advisor. And so we're advising people. You know, the other second role we do is we're an educator. In our medical code of ethics, we are supposed to empower and educate people with information and knowledge. If there's a better treatment technique out there, you need to educate people. And that could be CBD or medical cannabis. So we educate. And then we also educate as well, too, and also do mentorship, you know, to new companies, the com people looking to get involved in this industry. You know, the fourth role we play is we're a connector. Um, being in this industry for over 10 years, being a serial entrepreneur who started numerous companies, you know what? Oh, you need a lawyer for this. You need an account for that or a CPA or a website, start, whatever that is. I bring that up is that, you know, it's kind of nice having that connection. That goes back to networking um, as well, too. And in the most important role, something we're really proud of, and it's not pitching my own company. It's just for anyone listening to your podcast is we play an affordable service in this industry. In cannabis and in CBD, you see people charging through the roof to be your lawyer or your accountant or your consultant or your advisor. And it's like, but why? How much experience do you have? Like, we came up with something where we charge less than $1,900 for 10 hours of service. And we offer a refund policy. Like, hey, you're an entrepreneur. You're a first-time business owner. You need help. You know what? You need to all, you can't afford everything, but you need help in this industry. So make it affordable. You got people that are price gouging left and right just because it's cannabis. 
and it's not fair and it's not right. So, you know, we're really rolling those advisory, educator, connector, mentor, and even that affordable role as well, too, in servicing that to the cannabis industry. Yeah, that's that's really, really good to know. And especially because one of the questions that I had for you, and that kind of sets a really nice foundation for what I wanted to ask you about was networking. Um, Dr. David, from your perspective, what is the value in relationship capital, especially in the cannabis industry? Um, you're somebody that's been involved in the cannabis industry as well as others, but how important is it to develop a very robust Rolodex that is filled with people that know you, trust you, and can rely on you no matter what day of the week it is, especially in the cannabis industry. I would love to, I, I would love your take on that. So great question. And there's a, and it's a very loaded question. So we kind of have to break it down a little bit. Okay. Um, and totally. so let's break it down the word networking first. Okay. Because sometimes mm-hmm. there's a negative content to the word networking. All right. And for, and for everyone listening, you got to ask yourself, are you really going to a networking event to network? Or are you going there to prospect, to get new sales, get new business? And be honest with yourself. Networking is building that relationship, as you just said, building that foundation where you're helping someone else. Um, and, you know, where it's, it's, it's a give and take um, versus prospecting of, hey, you're just going to find business just for, for yourself or maybe for just one of your clients. You know, there's a big difference. That's why sometimes there's negative connotations. And the other thing is, too, when it comes to networking, and, you know, something I always tell people, too, is um, some people get very turned off by it because you have people that brag they're the best networkers in the world. It's like, oh, I'm an amazing network or I'm, I'm the best networker. Oh, I'm, I'm a networking, uh, you know, queen. And, you know, it's like, well, would you call yourself the best chiropractor in the world? Would you call yourself the best podcast host in the world? But no, if you do good work, you know, people know that. So um, so for, for some people, some people are get very turned off by networking because they get confused with prospecting mm-hmm. or, or, or trying to generate sales. You know, so uh, that's the very first thing you got to really think about. Now, we know that now networking is building that long lasting relationship and developing that relationship. Mm -hmm. Find out what kind of networking that you want to do that's best for you. Are you a business owner or are you an employee? Are you a salesperson that's only working for this for a certain company for maybe one or two years versus you're the director of operations of a new startup? Like that also kind of determine what kind of networking is good for you and what kind of events you want to go to. And now to answer your third part of why is it so important to network and have a good Rolodex in the cannabis industry is that it's like any other industry. If you are a business owner, you're going to need to network. Okay. If you owned a, a, a pizzeria or a restaurant, you would network with the local community and the local towns and maybe like the kids leagues. If you uh, owned a law firm and you're going after certain types of clients, you do the same exact thing as well, too. So in cannabis, the, the thing I tell people is this, that it's 2021, almost 2022. If you are not proud to be in this industry, then don't be in it, okay? If you're afraid to talk about being in this industry, then don't be in it. Like, when I got involved, like, and I had my physical therapy clinics in New Jersey, like, it was like, oh, my God, you, you're, you're, you're uh, talking about CBD in 2010 in your physical therapy clinics. That's taboo. And, like, I couldn't tell people, like, hey, I'm, I own testing labs in, like, Nevada and Colorado, but I also own a physical therapy clinic in New Jersey. Like, you know, right. there was a, a very fine line. Like, you, you had to be really careful, mm-hmm. you know, saying you're, you're in cancer. Now it's like, if you're not loud, I don't say you have to be loud and proud, but 
listen, this is a, uh, cannabis is a medicine first and foremost. Okay. It's here to help people. Secondly speaking, whether you're for it or against it, it's not going anywhere. It's here to stay, wake up people. You know, it's also a great investment opportunity. So you want to diversify, diversify your portfolio. You know, that's also huge as well too, you know, but this is why at networking go to other events, just in cannabis. And I cannot stress that enough. Like I, I, it's, I think it's amazing where I'll invite some of my cannabis or CBD clients to a real estate networking events or like a small business mm-hmm. owner networking events, or just like some like uh, artistic meetup event. And I'm like, you're the only other cannabis person or CBD person here too. These are the other people you need to meet. And that's why when it comes to networking, you're going to need a lawyer, you're going to need an accountant, you're going to need a website designer, you're going to need people to talk to. And then let's take networking. And if I'm, if I'm preaching too much, just tell me to be quiet, Mike. So. No, this is, this is gold. So, I so, love it. Cause I think this is really. So, so Mike, let's take it to another, another level. Cause like you're in your twenties. I'm in my, or, or mm. I'm, I'm proud to say I'm 42. Can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm very proud to say for, I'm 42 probably because I'm the same as act weight. I was when I graduated college as I am now. So, but where I'm going with this is that I get asked a lot by people under the age of 30, well, networking is tough. What do I really need networking for? And I tell people this, it's about the human contact and the human touch. Kind of like, Hey, Mike, uh, I I need a carpenter. Do you know someone? Yeah, I got a guy, you know, like, Hey, I I need a, uh, I need someone that can sit here and, and, and fix my car. Like, uh, you know, you got someone, yeah, I got a guy. You know, that's the art of networking mm-hmm. versus going on YouTube and just learning yourself or going on like the internet and figure out, oh, I don't, I can just figure out and do this myself. So that's where networking is, is really key. And we forget that, especially in cannabis where, you know, it takes a whole tribe to be successful. Um, it takes all of us uh, to be successful as well too. And networking gives you that human touch. So when you have that problem or you have that question, you have someone you can rely on and talk to. And the other thing is too, is that I'm going to tell you right now, Mike, let's say you had a, a problem and let's say it was a, an accounting problem and you need a, mm-hmm. a, a, an accounting lawyer, let's say. You don't know anyone. You might call me up and say, hey, Dr. David, we're buddies. Do you have any recommend? Yeah, I got two people I work with all the time. So now I'm for them to you. There's a level of trust that you also know right. that you feel you're getting good advice right away. And that comes down to human interaction, plain and simple. And the other piece of advice of networking is this, and I cannot stress this enough. You don't need to do it always in person, and you don't always need to do it on a Zoom video call. Okay? There are people who I network with I have never met in my entire life. But we talk on the phone once every 60 days or once every 30 days to go over business or other things. And we have that relationship. So don't be afraid just to always just pick up the phone and call someone. So. Yeah, these are, I, I was even going to ask you too, once, once we started going on the networking tangent, I was going to ask you if you had any golden pieces of advice, but man, that's, I do. That's priceless. That's priceless. For, right there. For, for networking, pick up the phone and call. All right. Me, I'm old school. If it takes more than two text messages and more than two emails, pick up the phone and call. Okay. Second rule and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, leave a voicemail message. And your phone, mm-hmm. you should always be able to leave a voicemail on your phone. You will get more business done, and you'll get more business leads, and your network will grow exponentially 
if you can leave a voicemail for someone and if they can leave a voicemail on your phone. And here's one reason why, ready? How long do you think it takes you to delete all your voicemails? 20 seconds, a minute, maybe two minutes. So while you're watching the football game or you're watching TV and that commercial comes on, spend the minute and delete your voicemails. Because if, if you can't do that, it shows that you're lazy. So mm-hmm. in, in that, and I say that, especially when it comes to investor relations, like people always ask, like, what's one of the best ways to raise money? I go, well, one of the best tricks is make sure people can leave you a voicemail when they want to call you. So, you know, just food for thought for you on that. But yeah, for networking trick, we always tell people that. And the other thing is too, is that we get asked all the time about follow-ups. When should you follow someone from a networking event? Um, we usually tell people within 48 to 72 hours. But when you mm-hmm. reach out to them, make the heading something unique. Like, Mike, maybe I'm going to talk about that plant that's, that's behind you right now on your desk. I don't know what kind of right. plant that is, but let's say it, it's like it's lilacs. I'm going to put in the message, hey, Mike, great meeting you. And we talked about lilacs. So now I'm going to get your attention right. that you want to return, you know, return my email. So and those are all small little networking trips that can, that can lead to conversations. Because the point is, is that you're not selling anything. You're not prospecting. And you have to ask yourself, am I talking to this person to just get business out of them? Or am I really trying to build a relationship that could potentially become long lasting and referral based for each of us? Yeah, I think, I think starting at the, at the foundation of that and just starting with that question, going into every single event that you go to. And like you said, it, it is okay to, to sit there and be like, you know what, I'm going into the, this event mm-hmm. with, with the intention of prospecting. But like you said, I think that that key piece is to be very distinct and to be aware of what you're actually doing going into a particular event or, or walking into it. Exactly. A- like um, there, uh, some, some people see on LinkedIn, I talk about a company called NetworkWise with Adam Connors. And he actually offers mm-hmm. kind of like a one-on-one guide on how to become a better networker. And you can actually can mm-hmm. take a class and he gives you like a notebook, like literally like a basic one-on-one notebook on how to become a better networker and what you need to do for it. And we refer a lot of our clients to, and we're like, hey, you know, it's gonna cost a couple hundred bucks, but you go at your own pace and you can learn. Um, networking is a continued learn skill, um, you know, and there's always ways to improve, but half of networking is also listening and to do active listening. Right. Um, and that's why I joke around about videos at times with people. Cause I'm like, listen, I'm listening with all intents. I don't need to give you eye contact. You know, I'm raining down notes. Okay, what's a good referral for you? Or, hey, what's a buzzword I heard? Or, that, or maybe you said something that I don't understand. I want to do a follow-up question. Great example was uh, something came up with a meeting I had this morning, uh, a one-to-one networking meeting. And the guy brought up something about uh, creating trust accounts. From there, that led to like five questions. And the guy made fun of me for not looking at him in the eye. But I'm like, hey, I actually have five <laughs> follow-up questions for you right now because you mentioned setting up trust accounts. So, you know, and that's part of networking. So... If you're looking for a quick sale, then be honest with yourself and be honest with the person you're talking with. Like, hey, I am just looking for business from you and that's it. Like, it's okay to be blunt at times. Yeah. Now, so Dr. David, I got another question for you. This one, um, just as far as like your strategy and your kind of approach to everything, have you ever considered having your own podcast? And this just came to mind because I feel like you would have an unbelievable show. And I feel like that would open up a world of networking opportunities. I just wanted to put that out there into the universe while we're on this show. I don't know how, I don't know who, but man, I just had to put you, that you out know, there. You know, Mike, I, I really appreciate that. I'm laughing because 
I've been asked that question for like three or four years now. And my my publicist yelled at me during COVID because she's like, you've only been on two podcasts and like in like the last like six months, but you've done like all these mini interviews. She's like, start doing more podcasts. But my problem is honestly, um, I'm a macro manager. If someone, and to all the listeners out there and hear me out, feel free to contact me, you know, live here on the Meyer journey. Mike, this goes for you too. <laughs> If someone literally wants to take the ball, form a podcast and have the Dr. David's podcast or whatever, I'm in. You want to sit here, form a partnership or whatever, I am in. Get paid, earn money from it, do whatever. I don't know how to put together a podcast. Um, I have no desire to learn how to put one together in terms of like the back end. But if someone wants to do that, run with it, host it and me, you know, do what I need to do, show up and, and, and do what needs to be done, I'm all in. I'd be more than happy to do that. So for all the listeners out there, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, you know, but yes, I, it's something I've, I've thought about doing just, it's someone that I would want to do it with a partner or someone who really knows what they're doing. Right. And then, Hey, let, let's make mm -hmm. it something great. Okay. Very cool. I might actually, from one networker to another, I might have somebody uh, who would be worth talking to about cool. that. So we can talk about that, off awesome. there, but very, very cool. Um, Oh, and by the way, by yeah, the way, Mike, so, for your next question, um, I just also want to say, uh, uh, talk about the power of networking. Uh, you recently had uh, Mike yeah. Hennessy of Wanda Brands. And uh, yeah, great, great guy. guy. Mike is someone I, I met through other people through networking in cannabis. And now Mike and I have seen each other at several conferences. I've seen Mike speak numerous times. Mike is just an amazing human being. Mike is so intelligent. And, you know, I just want to say, say thank you, Mike, because having someone like him, on the show helps out so many listeners and helps out so many people in this campus community. And Mike is a great example of he's helping educate and empower the campus community to also get the best product for medicine out to people and the best user experience. Mm -hmm. and, and so he, he was great on your show. I just want to make sure that, uh, that you knew that, that, that I heard the interview in the podcast on that and, and kudos to you to have someone like Mike on the show as well, too. I, I appreciate that. And that, that means, more to me than you could ever imagine. Mike actually, when when we were doing the show, he was breaking down things for me and how the science and I don't know if I don't know if technology is the right word, but for me, it's 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 like a technology with how the products are engineered and yep. designed and developed. Um, but man, I was blown away when he really broke it all down, and it, it was just mind blowing. I, I knew about Warner Brands, I knew about you know some of their new products that they were developing, but to actually have an inside look, especially coming directly from Mike, that, I mean, that was just mind blowing to hear how everything works and, and how everything was developed and how it all just comes together and why it works the way it works. Mind blowing. So I, I appreciate that you took note of that particular episode because I was really grateful that we were able to make that happen as well. Yeah, great people. And you know, it also talks about the, the, of what you're doing for the community as well too. Like they say, it, it takes all of us. You know, we, we all have to be in this together. And even when I, I give uh, seminars uh, to people that mm -hmm. want to open up a business and get involved, it's like, okay, great. Like, yeah, you may want to use it for, to make money, but we can do to give back to the community. We can do to educate the public. We can do to empower the public, whether right. you're, you like it or not, but this is a medicine. How are you going to educate and help and, and take another step further? You know, technically, we're also trying to de decrease the, the carbon footprint. Well, hemp and cannabis helps with that. So... You know, you're also kind of environmentalist to a degree as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
what what would you say are some of the things that you're looking forward to, uh, possibly even crossing your fingers for as we as we kind of inch toward 2022, and hopefully inch you know a little bit closer towards federal legalization or maybe not even federal legalization, but just a place where you know hopefully hopefully banking becomes a little bit easier for cannabis companies, um, and as things just tend to progress and become a little bit more realistic for some of the operators out there. Any, any things that you're looking forward to in 2022? Great question. For 2022, uh, in terms of our business, we are going to be, uh, due to demand from the public, we're actually going to be uh, rolling out some seminars and, uh, and lectures for, for, for people because people are saying more and more, we just need more education. We need more knowledge. We need help. Like we don't want, we want to make it more informed and proper business decisions. Like failure to plan mm-hmm. is failing to plan. You know, we tell, I tell people that all the time. So as a business, that's what we're really excited for. You know, it's, it's something where we weren't going to really expand that part, but due to demand, that's a good problem to have. Um, in right. terms of the overall cannabis sector, I, I'm excited for the East Coast. Um, as someone who's had businesses in Oregon, uh, Nevada, Colorado, but always having a headquarters in, in, on the East Coast, it's really good to see New York, New Jersey, PA take things to the next level. Um, New England mm-hmm. is moving forward. Um, it's becoming more mainstream out here, where when I used to wear a, a pot leaf t-shirt back in like the mid 2010s, everyone looked at me like, you know, like what's wrong with this guy? Like he is crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> versus, you know, now I can wear like a cannabis hat or sweatshirt and people are like, oh, hey, man, love, love your swag, bro. Like, that's awesome, dude. And, you know, it's just a conversation starter. So I'm really excited to see the industry continue to develop out here further. Um, and then in terms of the overall industry, not everyone views this as I do, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. In the last 15 plus years, the cannabis sector has increased its revenue by a minimum of 50%, if not much higher, for 15 years in a row nationally. No other industry has ever done that. So regardless of who the president is, regardless of who's running the Senate, the House, whatever, is cannabis business still going to go up? Yes, it is. Is the industry still going to grow? Yes, it is. Um, you know, we are still really in its infancy stages of this industry. Some people say we're 30 years in on the modern cannabis area era, era, I should say. Personally speaking, I think we're only really 10 years in, really on this industry being mainstream. And I think we're going to see in 2022 a lot more of these states that are anti-medical as well as uh, anti-recreational. Um see other states starting to really make in that significant tax revenue. And I think the people are going to stand up and really fight for their rights. Yeah. I, I think um, North Carolina, I think, or North Carolina or South Carolina was actually in a very similar situation where they just kind of saw all of the tax revenue coming in from, from other states. And they kind of just got to a point where they're starting to just give in and give up and say, you know what, we need to, we need to jump on this thing or, or get left behind. So I agree. I'm pretty hopeful that at the very least that's going to start, you know, busting down some doors and hopefully providing better and safer access for people in, in all States across the board. So we'll see. I, I think it's going to be. And then Mike, can I add something to that? And for all the listeners out here, um, something you need to think about too, and I'm going to use like the state of Michigan and the state of New Jersey. 
where there's recreational, but over 50% of the towns have opted no to it. And so if you're someone who is pro cannabis and, you know, you think it's going to benefit, you know, your state with tax revenue and this and that, go talk to your local town officials and go to those town meetings and fight to allow cannabis in your town, cannabis businesses, I should say. Because that's the thing people don't forget, like, oh, like Michigan, over 50% of the towns have said, no, we don't want it. You know, you still have a lot of towns in California saying, no, we don't want it. You have a lot, you have a lot of towns in New Jersey saying, no, we don't want it. So just because it passed, you know, you still got to keep fighting forward and fight for your town to allow right. it. So. Yeah, that's a that's a great thing. That's a great thing for us to to kind of wrap up with. Um, Dr. David, any any last things that you want to you know leave listeners with as we I, as we wrap up this show and wrap up? I, the year? I will leave everyone with uh, three words of wisdom. First is next year. Make a theme for the year. When you're thinking about your goals for the year, make it a theme. Okay. Every year there's a theme to my entire year. And then the goals are based off the theme. Okay. Or vice versa, whatever works best for you. That's piece of, number one piece of green nugget. Do that. Second piece of green nugget is set quarterly goals. You can do monthly, you can do biannual, but you set quarterly goals. You will not get as frustrated. And the third thing is this. And people always hear me talk about this online is I say, always be willing to achieve your greatness. As being a, a serial entrepreneur, a medical guy, I've seen some amazing things. I've seen some horrific things. But at the end of the day, we all have greatness within us. And it's your choice, you and only you, if you're willing to achieve it. So that's why our saying is, you know, helping your company achieve greatness. And that's why I say to uh, individual clients, always be willing to achieve your greatness. We all have greatness inside, but you just have to be willing to achieve it. People are there to help you and to Make sure you, 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 you reach your, the level of greatness that you want. You just got to be willing to do it. That's all. I love that. I'm, I'm actually going to take that, that first one that you shared to make sure that your goals have a common theme for the year. I'm writing that down right now, and I'm going to go ahead and apply that. And if you want a great example, the, the theme for this year for me was invest in opportunities here. I knew coming out of COVID, there's going to be opportunities everywhere, and I had to remind myself that keep your eyes open to make sure the blinders are off. And that was this year's theme. So, and if you want to hear next year's theme, I'll announce it live right here on your show. If you'd like next year's theme is Please build do. it. Don't chase it. There's a lot of great things going on. And even mentors and coaches that I use and advisors who I use are like, build it, don't chase it. And it's became such a recurring theme that that's the theme for next year for me, build it, don't chase it. love this. Dr. David, I can't thank you enough. Seriously. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I'm sure the audience does too. Um, wishing you tons of health and success as we head into the holidays and the new year. Uh, again, thanks so much for just joining us today. Oh, really you're very welcome. And, and thank you for having me and dude, keep up the great work. You know, people like your show and, and getting so, such a great diversity of guests. That's what we need. You know, it's about education and empowering. So, so kudos. I appreciate that. All right, that'll wrap it up for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out 
that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on everything is personal.